When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Darnell. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Thank you. Um, no just problem. To share, just to share some news with you, like with, like 10 minutes ago, my project just got funded. So I'm feeling really oh, good. Oh, man. Oh, man. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you, man. That is just great. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome, man. And I just want to say this is going to be Darnell... Lewis, he actually came. He's actually one of the artists on the comics. Is that correct? No, no, I'm the creator slash okay. writer. We have one artist primarily on the comic. Okay, book, a guy by the name of a guy by the name of Stanny uh, Argulozos. Very hard to pronounce, but if you look on my Instagram page, you can find him. He's a great, great artist. Um, very David Finch uh, inspired, but he's a great, great artist. Okay. And that's for um, Advanced Genetics is the name of the comic that you're actually on. So I'm, I'm actually, sorry, I lost you for a second. It's okay. Uh, what I said was that you're actually on the Advanced Genetics comic, that, and that's actually going to be fun. Yes, correct. I have to say, man, I really enjoyed just having the premise of it and saying that based off what you told me, well, what I read, was if I liked X-Men, if I loved Batman, I'm definitely going to love this comic. And You know, initially, when people when people saw it initially, they was like, oh, wow, it's like uh, Sin City because of the color scheme. Okay. But the, but the more people look, looked at it, you know, close friends, a lot of people was like, wow, this is kind of like X-Men in Gotham City. And, and me growing up as a kid, Two of my favorite books always have always been Uncanny X-Men and, and any of the Batman comics. And you see, I'm a diehard uh, Batman fan as well. And I'm also, I love the X-Men. My favorite character is Gambit. But, you know, I love how you actually managed to mesh that together. I'm like, okay, this is actually going to be a comic book for me, for me to be able to pick up. So, Right. So, so my thought about it was this, right? So I looked at it like this. I think sometimes um, in the effort to make new stories, we forget what we all want in a good story. You know, we want we want villains that we love to hate, you know. Right. But at, at, at some point, they have maybe a slight hair of, of, of redeemability in them. And, and that's our villain, Monarch. But we love those villains like the Darth Vader's and the Magneto's that will kick your ass. I can curse yeah, on yeah, here, right? Yeah, you can Okay, that'll kick your ass, but also, you know, there, there may be some truth to what they're saying. Uh, we love heroes that are flawed, but also stand for something. Exactly. No matter, you know, no matter what about them, they they uh, stand for something. So, those are some of the elements that I wanted to put into the book, and and I just wanted to kind of just take it from there. I, I think this first issue will leave you wanting more because it leaves a lot of questions unanswered. And uh, I did that purposely because it's 
I plan on making it an eight-page, uh, I mean, eight-page, excuse me, <laughs> eight-issue uh, story arc. But, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. We're, we're doing good so far. That's great. And I also, I'm kind of curious, though, who's, like, the main character in this story? What's his background story and his story arc? I'm sorry, say it again? I'm, I'm interested in the story arc and the character development of the character. Who's actually the main character in this uh, comic? Okay, okay, so... You got two interweaving stories. You got the character Jane Doe, mm-hmm. and you got Monarch. So Jane Doe is a hero's journey. Jane Doe is a, a young woman who's very powerful. Actually, um, you'll find out. It's not a spoiler, but she's probably the most powerful entity in the whole universe of my comics, right? But she's very young. She's very immature. And she's not sure what to do with that yet, you know? Okay. So- and then we have this villain... Monarch. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, so basically, she's just learning and developing her uh, her powers as she goes. She doesn't actually have a full on capability of what her powers can do. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and then we have on the other side of the fence, we have Monarch, who's powerful, but he wasn't born with his powers. So the 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 thing with advanced genetics is there are people who are born with powers, and those people are tracked under this law called the advanced mandate. And we have a team of heroes called the Harbingers, all who have powers, you know, high level of advanced genetics, who basically kind of control that. So that's where they come in. And that's uh, Sin, Angel, and the Demon. So those are like our heroes. Those will be the Avengers, for lack of a better term. Okay. They're polished, they're, they're superheroes. And then you got this young kid who's actually more powerful than all of them. And she hasn't uh, registered because you're supposed to register under the advanced mandate. So, the, you know, not just the government, but the world can, can kind of control you and know what you're doing. You know, when you have powers like that. But back to the guy, Monarch. So Monarch's the villain in the story. He doesn't have any powers. Well, he wasn't born with his powers. We'll leave it at that. And he's a more of a, a religious-based character. You know, he has the um, upside-down cross in his mask. Okay. And and you'll get more into his story uh, in the second issue. The second issue is all about him. So you'll see his background. I don't want to spoil too much. And you'll see why he makes some of the choices he makes. Okay. I love that idea, though, man. I love the whole concept of the government wanting to control the heroes. It kind of actually has a little bit of a Civil War kind of flavor to it from the comics. And then you also have a little bit of My Hero Academia where you actually have heroes that are actually born with a cork. And then you also actually blended in a little bit of, of the of the boys. So I actually love that combination. Yeah. Uh, the boys is definitely an inspiration. Um, I, I, I love the boys. Um, but that came later because I had these characters a, okay. uh, a long time. And, but the boys is definitely... Uh, um, I love how they took something like superheroes and made what it would really be like today. You know? Right. And I think that's exactly how it would be today. It would be uh, controlled. It would be you know, very polished, it will be kind of fake, but that's the society we live in today. Right, exactly, because if you think about it, they were probably trying to get the superheroes to be in each uh, part of the uh, town or country or whatever, okay, you're going to be part of this division right here, and then this other hero will be in this division over here, and then no characters can intervene in between. 
that kind of thing. Right. 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 So, so I definitely love so that. that. Yeah. So that's definitely the story. We we got uh, some cool characters. I mean, uh, I had a contest on my Instagram in July because the book, you know, it was it was a vanity project to be honest, and um, I wasn't really, you know, I was doing things with it, but I wasn't really having a a, a strategy of how I was going to release the book. And I did a contest, a draw monarch contest in your style, and that just took off. My followers just went up. We just hit a thousand followers, oh, which is a milestone. Just... We, thank you, because we, we, you know, we've only been up and running a couple months, so um, it just took off, and and I got a lot of interest from that, and and I just started planning the rollout, and it's been going good. That's fantastic, man. I'm glad to actually see independent writers and stuff like that for comic books and stuff like that actually achieve their dreams and seeing mm. that you guys are actually doing what you guys love doing i can actually hear the passion in your voice and everything of how you actually put this thing together that that's just astounding man I, i'm very happy for for y'all oh thank you thank you so I, i'll tell you a little bit of my story too so okay. i'm 40 years old i uh I had a lot of things on my to-do list, and one of the things was I had all these characters as a kid that I did that I didn't really do anything with, and I was like, you know what? I should make a comic book. So I was like, man, I used to draw, but I can't draw for shit right now, man. It's not. This isn't what I want. I want something looking professional. I want something looking cool that that I would buy. That fifteen-year-old me would just go crazy over when he looks at it. So. I went on Facebook, I looked around, and I got uh, uh, in contact with this one artist. And his style kind of reminded me of, like, the image guys from the 90s, mm. which is my era, like Jim Lees and Will Spatasio or right. whatever. So I, I liked it. I liked the style. But the problem was was that, you know, he had a full-time, drive, a full-time job as a truck driver, and he also had small children. So he didn't really have a lot of time to work on a comic. And... Uh, also, he wasn't inking his own stuff, so he would turn in the page. He didn't have a scanner, so we have to mail it to him. Then I would have to scan it to an inker. It just wasn't working. It was just too tedious. It was just too too long of a process. So that was uh, maybe about a year ago we were working on it, and I just gave up pretty much. I said, oh, this, this isn't going to work. It's just too tedious. It's not fun. And then I went on uh, Facebook again. Just, you know, perusing, looking through some of the comic book groups. And that's where I met the current artist, uh, Zap. Okay. His name is very hard to pronounce. Sandy Argalozos. Again, <laughs> look on my page. You'll see his name. He's from the Philippines. And we just clicked. He understood what I wanted. Uh, he doesn't even speak good English, but we have a good understanding of each other and what we want and the tone of the book and the tone of the art of the book. And, and one of the big things I wanted was a art style to be associated with the book because uh, looking on especially Instagram I see a lot of artists um, excuse me a lot of books they would use a lot of different artists and there was no real style tied to the book which I get why but also I wanted my book to kind of stand out from that and I wanted when someone sees that style of art to automatically connect it to my book when he does a commission for somebody else, they say, oh, that's the guy from the Advanced Genetics book. So 
me and him really did a lot of stuff together. I worked with a couple other artists, but not for not for a lot of things, you know. Right. It was mainly just him and me and my colorist just grinding it out. Uh we ended up getting a guy named Robin Jones, who's very oh, they're shooting fireworks outside. I don't know if you can hear it. It's okay. <laughs> but it but anyway, uh got in Robin Jones, who's very a very experienced letterer. We got him on board uh late in the game, but he came through and and I think the book just looks great. I mean, even if you don't like the way the book reads, like you can't deny how the quality of the book, the art, the colors, um, all of that good stuff. You can't deny it. Hey, yeah. I don't know what happened. That's okay, man. I got you. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I don't know if you can hear it, but they're shooting fireworks in my neighborhood. I have no idea why. I don't know what they're celebrating. <laughs> I don't know either, man. But hey, let them go on and pop. It's cool. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. But, uh, man, yeah. I just want to say this, though, too. This is what I was trying to get at. With the color scheme and also with the artwork that you've with it, uh-huh. and I just want to say this. I can, I, think, I can definitely tell that there is a presence there where you guys both have that understanding. You guys are both friends. There's that whole entire connection right there on the front front of the cover and that's something that i really loved about just looking at the cover itself it really pops out and i have to say it does stand out on that merit that you were actually talking about and i really have to say i can't wait to actually check this thing out whenever it's released because i'm definitely going to try and buy a copy of this because it's definitely something i would definitely read um my question is this for you um i know some some people actually use black and white to actually cut the uh, the price down and everything else too as far as the comic book itself goes you know because it's more expensive to actually do comics and color than it is in black and white but my question is this is it in color or is it in black and white it's in it's in black and white but it has splashes of color because it's okay. colored it's colored black and white it's not like um, we didn't color it so it's okay, intentionally okay. colored black and white so okay. And it's to give it a certain look and a certain feel. And again, when you read the book, you'll see. I mean, there's color all throughout the book. And then also we have a couple pages at the end, which are nine like linear pages to the story that are in full color. So the pages at the end, which aren't really a part of the story, but have characters involved, are in full color. But the actual story is in black and white with splashes of color throughout. Okay. Now, and- as a cost saving thing, I mean, it 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 really didn't save anything because because the guy probably charged me the same thing because it's colored in a certain way, and you'll see it's very stylized the way the okay. color it is. All right, it was just something I was curious about. You know, I mean, it doesn't bother me on what what way it is. It's just something that I was actually kind of wondering about, and also to uh, what character would you actually say that you can actually relate to in this comic? A couple of them, a couple of them. I think um, out of the Harbingers, uh, Sin, uh, he's the leader. Um, he's fearless. Um, as a kid, uh, Daredevil is one of my favorite characters. And uh, there's a little bit of Daredevil in him. Um, but I definitely can relate to him. Uh, Monarch, as evil as he is, you know, I grew up liking villain characters. Same. Uh, I said the Darth Vader's, the Magneto's, um, and people like that. 
because of the fact that they had little slithers of being right throughout their character. So there's definitely uh, Monarchy is very relatable as well. And, and then I think uh, our our hero in this story, Jane Doe, I think she's um she's like, even though she's very powerful, she's also like us in the book. You know what I mean? She's She's supposed to be the most relatable person in the book because she's not using her powers, you know. Right. That's kind of a spoiler. She's not using her powers. But, you know, maybe she will eventually, but she's not about that power life. She wants to live a regular life. I gotcha. I like that idea, though, where you have a hero that's actually trying to live a normal life and trying to find her place in the society that doesn't really kind of accept heroes, per se. And she's actually right. just... Right. Right. She just wants to stay under the radar, just wants to live her life. But something happens, and I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fine, man. I, I just love hearing this, though, man. I mean, I love hearing your passion for this and everything. You know what I mean? I, I think it's just great. And it Thank makes you. me, I'm going to be honest with you, it makes me want to geek out about this whenever, once it's released. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because seriously, man, I'm, this is actually really good thinking and really good originality behind it. You guys, have, I could definitely tell you that you guys actually worked your asses off on it and everything, yeah. too. So, and I mean, it, it's just great. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because um, I, the book was done, right? I got some prototypes in the mail of the book, and I, I looked at it, and I was like, you know what? Damn it. It reads a little too fast. Because, you know, I got some, like, you know, splash pages or whatever, so those pages don't take up a lot of dialogue. So I'm like, it reads too fast. So actually, we're in the process of adding a couple more pages to the book just to, you know, uh, uh, bring the story out a little more, flush out characters a little more, give you idea of them a little more, and, and give you really your money's worth. I'm very big on that. This is our first time out the gate, so I want you to feel complete. Even if the story, like I said, leaves you hanging a little bit, I want you to feel like you got a quality product, uh, a good book, good quality. The paper's good. The art's uh, professional. I want it to be great for you. That's great. And, you know, I know that you mentioned this a little bit before about how you can actually relate to villains. And I love I love villains, though, as well. I'm, I can relate to a lot with either Fisk or you can relate to uh, Joker or, you know, somewhere around that, for right. example. But to me, I think the most dangerous villains are the ones that they think that they're right and they think that they're doing something right are the most dangerous exactly. ones. Well, you know what? And, and Monarch has a lot of that in him. He, he What he thinks he's doing, and, and I can tell you a little bit about him. So Monarch, Monarch is, um, he goes around at night and he stalks heroes. Or not just heroes, anyone born with power. So if you're born with advanced genetics, and he knows about you, he's going to stalk you and he's going to kill you. But his reasoning is to protect humanity. You know, so in his mind, he's right. Because, you know, he's trying to preserve mankind. Is that the right way to go about it? Mm, you know? Right. But like you said, in his mind, he thinks he's right. And then, of course, you know, there's the heroes that are trying to stop him from doing such things who thinks that he's wrong. So he's going to have that conflict there. So I like that. 
Right, absolutely, absolutely. My my other question is this though: How long have you been uh, wanting to write comics and stuff like that? How how long have you been really passionate about doing something like this? Again, I apologize for the fireworks. Let me see if I can go somewhere else. Hold on. It's okay. It's okay. So, so as a comic book fan, uh, I've been a comic book fan since I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. Uh, The first book that really got me into comic books, per se, would be uh, A Death in the Family from uh, Batman. Because I was always a Batman fan. But it wasn't necessarily because of the comic. It was more because he was Batman. You know, Batman as an IP alone is, is huge. So I didn't really care being Batman, whether he was on TV, cartoons, or whatever. And I remember seeing on the news that Robin died. And I was like, Robin died? What what the hell's going on? And I remember begging my mom for money to go to the newsstand and get the book. And that's what started me on comics. So, so uh, I would say after that, uh, you know, I got into X-Men and and. There you go. That those are like two of the biggest inspirations. I got into X Men, uh, <clears throat> New Mutants, the whole Image era, the uh, Spider Man with the Atomic Parlor run. That was definitely my era. See, see, I think you and I both grew up within that same era, though. I was born in '85, so yeah. I'm like 35 years old. So, you know, I, you and I ha- both have that geek out feeling of whenever something's announced on TV saying, well, Superman died. Oh God, I got to go out and see what's going on with this. This is just an example. You right. Know? But exactly. And believe it. I, I remember Steve, I, you know, that picture of Batman holding dead Robin. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know which Robin it was. I didn't know anything about Jason Todd or Tim Drake. I just thought it was Robin. You know, he died. Right. What the hell is going on? And, and, you see, and that you see, movie. I didn't know that either. I didn't know about three different Robins. All I knew was Dick Grayson. That's the only Robin at the time that I actually knew. Right. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, Mom, give me $2. I need to find out what the hell is going on. Ran to the newsstand, grabbed the comic, and just couldn't believe it. I mean, even, you know, I mean, and the book was written by Jim Starlin, if I'm not mistaken, who yeah, also wrote who also wrote the Infinity Gauntlet. And that was also one of my favorite books as a kid. Uh, just uh, the just the the duality of the two books, the two totally different types of books. And that's just a credit to him as a writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because one, you got the Joker pounding somebody with a uh, crowbar and blowing them up. And then the other one, you got, you know, the mad Titan Thanos trying to destroy the universe. So, it's just a credit to him as a writer and shows his uh his range as a writer. I think it's definitely it. Yep. It's it's definitely thinking right outside the box. You know, you don't expect something like that to actually happen. Right, for sure, for sure. And, and, and like I said, that, that hooked me in the comics, man. That's the same way as me though. I mean, the very first thing I picked up was a Batman comic. And, and everything, and then after that, everything just fell into place for me to just be. I, I'm going to use the word sweaty because that's actually what I use whenever I'm <laughs> thinking of comics and stuff right. like that. Because you can be sweaty about everything, anything, movies, games, stuff like that. So right. I always say that you know I'm a big sweaty at something. <laughs> <laughs> so well, well, for sure, man, and 
And you know what? Um, comics today, people, you know, I, I see that people uh, complain a lot about them, but you know what? I think you just got to look for the stories that, you know, fit what you're trying to find because they're out there. And, and stop harping on the fact of things changing because the world's changing and comics are going to change and characters are going to change. And I think that's all for the good of comics. And and if you want comics like the comics you grew up with, find those comics. I think advanced genetics is a combination. I think it's very modern, but also it's also um, it, it, it leaves you feeling like, hey, man, I remember when X-Men were the coolest thing. Hey, I remember when this was so cool. So that that is the goal of it. Most definitely. And if the if characters stayed the same the way that we grew up with them, the story writing wouldn't be improved today. It would just be the same repetitive stuff that we grew up on. So right. I'm glad that it's evolving, and I'm glad that it's changing. Right. You know? Everything has to change, man. Everything has to change. You got people can't be so close minded all the time. Like, like what the hell, man? Like, how many times can uh, we see the same stories from the same people without it changing? Things got to change. Exactly. What are you currently reading right now? I'm just wondering if you're reading anything. I'm actually reading old stuff. Uh, I got uh, actually Hush right here next to me uh, from Batman, I'm... the the the, uh, the graphic novel. And uh, what else am I reading? What else is over here? I've been so busy with my book. I haven't been uh, up to date on everything. All right. But you yeah, man, a, I'm just oh, you reading the new Hickman X Men stuff. To be honest with you, I haven't picked up an X Men comic, and I don't know how long. So I don't <laughs> know really. I don't really know where to actually go. You know what I mean? If yeah, you well, could recommend me a comic book, that'd be great, man. I'll, I'll be glad to go ahead and check out an X Men comic. Yeah, look up the new Jonathan Hickman. Well, it's about a year now. Uh, X Men. I think it's called. Uh, I got it over here. Let me look. Hold on. And, uh, All right. Power of X and House of X. It's good. It's kind of like Dune. It has a lot of Dune uh, references in it. But it's good, but it's very uh, it's a tedious read. You got to really pay attention to what you read. It's not like a simple comic, you know. But it's pretty good. Right. It's pretty good. It's good stuff. So, but other than that, I've been working on my stuff. All right. Yeah, what I've been reading is I I don't know if you heard about some of the new Daredevil stuff or anything like that. No, I haven't touched the Daredevil in a while. Is it is it uh, some good stuff going on? Oh man, it is really good. Like you're dealing with Matt, who's actually dealing with the fact that he accidentally killed somebody, right? And he's and he's just going over that whole entire guilt. He's like, what what the hell did I do? I'm not like this. What's making me like this? And then it goes into the whole entire thing where he actually has to start back over again because of the fact that everybody in uh, Hell's Kitchen is actually looking for Matt, looking for Daredevil. He's wanted. So he has to go back to the drawing board of where he started from. And Electra is actually help, uh, training him again, retraining him. He's yeah. off focus. And one of the things that I love about Daredevil, too, and I think uh... – Netflix did a good job uh, with it, was that it was always his own little world, you know, where you had the, the Daredevil and the Punisher, but it never was like uh, outside of that world. I mean, occasionally, but Daredevil always was in his own little world, so it sounds like some great stuff, man. 
it, it really is. I really love that one. And then, uh, let's see, another thing I'm reading is the Morbius comics, which I don't know if they're putting that one on hold because of the coronavirus, but from what I read from those comics so far, they're really good. It seems like Morbius had just a surge in popularity. I mean, I, 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 the most I read about Morbius was really in the 90s. Uh, Me too. Yeah, a lot of stuff in, from the 90s, but and I always thought he was cool, but I haven't read any of the, of the newer stuff from him. But I got to check that out. It's definitely good. Um, I think there's only have seven issues so far with Morbius. Mm. I'm not sure if they're going to continue it or anything like that. I know that they have TBA by it for it to be announced, uh-huh. but but it's really good. And of course, I'm a diehard Punisher fan as yeah, well. The, the Punisher's wild, man. <laughs> the Punisher is also one of my favorite characters growing up, man. Uh, Jim Lee again. Jim Lee, what was it? Uh, Punisher War Journal. My yep. God, man, that that stuff changed my life as a kid. So, and and to me, I never get tired of the Punisher. Me either, and I love the Punisher Max series that they've done. Right, right. That was uh, really gruesome and bloody yeah. and awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's the thing with the Punisher is like, you know, Mar he goes against a lot of what Marvel stands for, but it works. You know, and uh, like you said, it gets gruesome, it gets bloody. There's some killing involved. There's a lot of a lot of shit, but the Punisher is definitely a, a great comic. I love the Punisher. Definitely. And then I'll get this, man. I actually have Daredevil, uh, not Daredevil, but um, let's see, um, Deadpool versus the Punisher. <laughs> I got. No, I'm serious. <laughs> now, see, I'm one of those people like. Like I like Dare, Deadpool, excuse me, but Deadpool is so <laughs> funny. It's hard to take anything serious with him, you know. Right. <laughs> like, are there any real ramifications with Deadpool? I mean, the guy can heal through anything. So, but it definitely sounds like a fun book. I'm sure oh gonna, man, I mean, I'm sure Deadpool usually gets his head blown off at some point. I, I guarantee you, he probably does. I need to go back and uh, reread them. But yeah. I'll tell you what made me laugh my ass off though. Uh, Frank actually has to knock him out and then he ties him up in the van. Yeah. And he wakes up and and Frank goes, Are you he goes, It's about time you woke up because I'm sorry. I was busy having a dream about Blanche Dorothy and uh and, <laughs> <laughs> and Dorothy's uh, right and uh Dorothy's grandma uh mother and everything. And we were just sitting at the uh dinner table talking. <laughs> what? Yeah. So it was it was just great. Um, you, know, you know what sucks is that we're not going to get any more Deadpool's like that. I mean, even if Disney does a Deadpool movie, is it really going to be like a Fox Deadpool movie? Well, from what I've read from the reports, they are going to keep it rated R. And Ryan Reynolds oh. has fought them to keep it rated R. They need to, man. They need to. Because that's just the essence of the character, you know? Uh, everything can be... PG, PG thirteen. You gotta, you gotta have those certain characters that stand out. Exactly, and I'm thinking whenever they did that Once Upon a Deadpool thing, I think they were actually experimenting to see how a PG thirteen Deadpool would actually work. Yeah, but it, that did good though. No. Didn't it? it did do good. Oh shit. <laughs> well, they released it on. Well, it was only a temporary release. I mean, it was like Deadpool two but PG thirteen. Right. Right. 
so I didn't really get a big release or whatever because of course you already saw stuff from the red art version and everything so therefore there was no reason to really have it released for X amount of days right 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 so mm-hmm. but I think they wanted to see the audience reaction to it but even I could just see them with the PG-13 version where Deadpool's actually cussing but they're bleeping out the words and then Deadpool's getting even more pissed off because they're bleeping out the words but even <laughs> but even then, I don't want to see something like that. I want my rated R Deadpool because it's not rated R just for the sake of being rated R. It's rated R because of the character and who he is. And, and you know what? Again, we're close in age. I miss the era of just rated R movies. I grew up on Total Recall and RoboCop and mm-hmm. Predator and, and, and shit like that, man. Where, you know... It, it's going to be some gore. It's going to be some violence. It's going to be some titties. It's going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. It, it's going to be that, but they still tell a great story. And I'll still pop Robocop, man. I'll still pop Predator and, and, and that era of movies, man. I do, too. Robocop is one of my favorite movies. I think I was like maybe 10, maybe 11 years old when I first saw Robocop. For like yeah, the very first time, that's not about right. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's wacky, man. You think about it. It is. You think about it, man. It was in Detroit. I forgot what they called Detroit and, and RoboCop. Uh, they called it something, but whatever. But it was in Detroit, and and you had the Ed Two Hundred Nine just obliterate this guy in, in front of everybody. It was just ridiculous, man. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> And, and, and the fact that they that he obliterated the guy, right? And they just kept it moving. They they continued on with their meeting and shit. So right, yeah. like nothing even happened. It was like, okay, well, <laughs> he's just dead. <laughs> yeah, moving yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess Ed two hundred nine doesn't work after all. So <laughs> let's yeah. go back to the drawing board. So <laughs> yeah. what didn't work? Well, he killed somebody. <laughs> well, that's definitely a no no. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, I really love RoboCop. Total Recall was part of my generation as well, uh, as far as Arnold movies go. Demolition Man, too. Yeah, yeah, all, all of that good stuff, man. Oh, and yeah. I, grew up, I grew up on that stuff. You don't, you don't get too many movies like that nowadays. It, it, and even the movies close to it are rated PG-13, and, you know. Exactly. What I get a kick out of is... When there's a Batman movie about to be released, and they're like, "Film not yet rated," I'm like, "You know that is going to be PG-13." Yeah, we're, we're not getting there. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the Killing Joke was rated R, right? Right. The cartoon Killing Joke movie, and, and you know, a lot of people trashed it. I didn't think it was bad. I think if you read the Killing Joke, which I, you know, which I read, I Me think I, I get why you're going to think it's bad. You got a whole 45 minute. Uh, uh, Batgirl uh, in the beginning, but I think they did well with it. I, I I'm one of the few people I think that actually enjoyed the killing book, man. I enjoyed it because it was like frame for frame, yeah. On on what we actually visualized as a comic book. As a matter of fact, I own this on Blu-ray and everything. Uh-huh. And I. And I like the Killing Joke for what it is. I just didn't like the side story to go with it. But as for the Killing Joke story in itself, I liked it, and it was everything that I wanted the Killing Joke to be. Yeah, I th- see. I think they had to. Uh, they wanted you to care more about Batgirl. They they didn't want you to go in the, into the movie flat. 
uh, with right, about because, right because if you think of it like this though if we only got to see the killing joke which is not that long of a comic book anyways we're only looking at like a 30 minute movie so they had to stretch it out to make it fit for something else right and like, like you said the killing joke is not long you can read the killing joke uh quickly very quickly so yeah that's a good point so you know, I can under, I can understand what they're doing with it. I, I actually like the Killing Joke for what it is. Uh, of course, the Joker movie was excellent. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I, I, but see, I'm I'm um, I fight over that because I I think it was a great movie, right? But like, how much of it was really the Joker we grew up on, right? Because it's a totally different take on the Joker. Uh, it's more about a, a guy with some mental health issues, which I guess if you think about it, the Joker it clearly is a guy with some mental health issues. But I mean, as a movie, phenomenal. Um, one of my favorite movies ever, 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 ever. So, uh, are you excited about the new Batman movie coming out? Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. Whenever I first heard about Robert Pattinson being Batman, I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. I had, like, low expectations, right? Then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, that trailer gets released and he goes, I am vengeance. I'm like, Classic. sold. I'm sold. Classic. <laughs> and he right. the guy face it. Now, again, he doesn't look like Bruce Wayne to me. Maybe I'll, maybe just from that preview he did. But maybe when I really catch it, it also... I guess it's supposed to be like a year one type of deal. So exactly. It's, it's a young <clears throat> so, but as far as Batman, he nailed it. He nailed it. He Even nailed it down did. to the T. The vengeance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the yeah, fact that it wasn't too raspy or anything like that. It was just perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What he didn't go Christian Bell. At least not yet. He didn't go full Christian Bell on it. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, Although yeah, I like yeah. I like Christian Bale's take on it and everything. I love Ben Affleck's take on it. But what uh Patterson did was he just gave you his voice was just a level enough to where you can actually understand him, but not only understand him, but also make you afraid of him though at the same time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh uh I get a lot of flack for this, but I love Ben Affleck as Batman too. He, I think he probably was the best Batman, to be honest. Same hair aside from Michael Keaton. I like I like Michael Keaton as well. But right. as for a true detective type style Batman, older Batman, that's kind of sick of shit. Ben Affleck was really good. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it. And I was skeptical. I remember on Facebook making a post about it, like, what? Ben Affleck, oh shit. I'm not <laughs> doing this. But it worked. It worked. It worked. So and uh, I hate to see him go as Batman, but one thing I know for sure is that we're not going to get any more movies like um, Batman Forever with the no, franchise. Yeah, so anybody that, that takes over the bat, a Batman movie is going to respect the, you know, respect the property as it deserves to be respected. So definitely. What do you think about the Snyder Cut, though? What do you think about that? It looks good. It looks good. I. Uh, uh, I saw the preview. I, I'm a big DC fan. Well, well, as far as the way I look at it, I love I love DC stories, but I love Marvel powers. 
And I love Marvel stories too. Don't get me wrong, but I, it's just something about, especially a, a lot of the Batman stuff. I love and a lot of the Superman stuff. I love the stories, but Marvel, I love the powers. I love, uh, and that goes back to my love of the mutants and X Men. It's just so fun and creative with the powers. And uh, as far as the Snyder Cut goes, though, I mean, it looks great, man. It looks. It looks like what we wanted. You get Dark Side. It looks like a a, a different version of a, a Steppenwolf. Uh, <clears throat> I hear the cyborgs having a, a, a bigger part in it. So I'm I'm excited for it, but I want to know how much of it is really like new shit. Like, well, from what I heard and everything, and Zack Snyder got rid of almost everything that Whedon did. It's his movie. It's wow. going to be... Yeah, that horrible CGI face that you saw with Superman is gone. It's all <laughs> Snyder. So... That's good. That's what, that's, that's what excites me. It's going to be an actual Snyder movie not featuring Joss Snyder. Uh, uh, Joss uh, Whedon. <laughs> but, you know, and I like Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon did... Did he, did he do the first two Avenger movies? Yeah, he did the first two Avenger I, movies. Right. So and 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 look, he got this thing he does with his dialogue where his dialogue has to be like uh kind of like fast and funny. And and I think it works for like the Iron Man's of the world. I just don't right. think it works for like Batman and, and and Wonder Woman and Superman. Maybe Flash, but right. But I think that I think that was a bit much uh uh with his you know, with the way he writes. Right, because you can even tell with that Batman dialogue that he did, it was actually forced. Not only was it forced, but it was not fitting for Batman because that's not something Batman would actually say. Yeah, right, exactly. But, you know, he's Josh Sweden, He's made a ton of money. Right. He, you know what you're getting with him, you know, and I, I'm sure DC wanted him because of the success of the Avengers. And he said, oh, we want something like that. But, but in retrospect... I think Zack Snyder doesn't get enough credit anyway because even going back to Watchmen, man, I fucking love that movie. I know a lot of people, you know, didn't like it, but kind of like how you said it, Watchmen. Oh, I love Watchmen. Yeah. I'm like, how do you not like this movie? I mean, first of all, aesthetically, it's incredible. Like, it's like a comic book come to life. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, he's telling a story that's already written. So it's not like... He can go too far off the story. The story is the story, you know. So I, I thought he did well with it. It's a little long in the two, but I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, a lot of material. So, but you know, a lot of people gave him flag for that. I always like Watchmen. I love Watchmen, and like you said, it's a frame by frame story straight from the comic books. If you look, people's mm-hmm. always talking about, oh, it's not a perfect adaptation, or. You know, they need to stick to the source material. Zach stood with the source material and gave us what we wanted. Like a motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. Right, it's like, exactly. Mm-hmm. It did, like I said, look-wise, it looks incredible. It looks, I mean, the movie looked incredible. Rorschach, uh, just, I mean, everybody just looked great, man. And I don't know how he got so much black for that. Me either. I don't either. There's a lot of Zack Snyder haters, and yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. There are certain yeah. Zack Snyder films that are hit and miss or whatever, but I'm never going to say that, 
oh, this guy sucks. He needs to stop directing movies. And, you know, I mean, it's just idiotic, idiotic, if you actually think about it. Yeah. And speaking of movies, what do you, what do you think is next for Marvel? I know they got Black Widow coming out soon and, uh, and uh, a couple other movies coming. But, you know, this right. COVID-19 slowed things up with their whole thing. Well, for me, with Black Widow, it made more sense that they went on ahead and did it back when her character was actually alive rather than when she's dead. Yeah. But as for a fan of comic books, as for a fan of Marvel, I'm excited to actually see this movie because of the fact that I love the villain that they actually chose. You actually have a badass villain that can mimic other people's moves and copy their moves. Awesome, awesome. So I'm excited. I really am excited for it. Yeah, I feel I feel so bad for her because I feel like she was one of the hottest actresses on the planet. You know, people were waiting for the movie to come and waiting. You know, we were not even a year after our Endgame, right? It wasn't even right. a year yet. And Corona hit. It slowed everything up. And I think that slowed a lot of her momentum up. I think I think the movie's still going to do well, but I think it's not going to do what it should have did. And you know, hit that billion dollar club like uh, a lot of the other Marvel movies, like uh, Black Panther. I believe Captain right. Marvel did so with the Avengers, but I, you know, I thought it was probably ready to do it, but it may or may not now. But I just think it's it suck. Most definitely. And I'm, speaking of Black Panther, let's talk about yeah. Chadwick Boseman for a minute, too, because yeah. I, I do want to pay. I, I did a tribute already, but. You know, I've been wanting to do this tribute for a while with someone else, you know? Okay. And, you know, I feel so brokenhearted over the loss of Chadwick Boseman. He, this guy has a way of just keying in those char- different characters that he plays. As a matter of fact, I just got done watching Get On Up not too long ago. I haven't watched the Ro- Jackie Robinson movie yet. But this guy is a phenomenal actor. Not only that, he gave people of color a chance to actually rise up and have someone they can actually relate to as T'Challa. This whole entire thing within the African community and everything is just beautiful. When you look at uh, Black Panther, it's just a beautiful thing to actually see people unite and actually be geeked out over having someone to actually relate to, you know? Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, it's funny because Get On Up was the first movie I seen with a minute. Uh, I went with my girlfriend at the time, and I thought he was great. I thought he channeled his inner James, uh, his inner James Brown. And I remember just trying to keep an eye on him because you know I, I'm a movie guy as well. Right. And uh, and I heard he was casted the Black Panther. I was like, okay, let's see what do with it. And I think he did something. Now, I got twins, right? They're five. Okay, and and it's kind of like how I said uh, I was with Batman as a kid. I didn't know anything about the comics. I just knew Batman. That's how they are with Black Panther. They know Black Panther and T'Challa through that film. They would have never knew who Black Panther was without that film. And and I think, like you said, millions of not just black kids, but millions of kids all over of color. When they see that movie, it means a lot to them. And I think what that movie did was just amazing uh, as right. far as bringing people together. I remember seeing, I went to the movies twice to see it. It just I seeing see everybody in there, all races and people with their cosplay shit on it. It was just amazing, man. 
and it truly was a, a great cinematic experience. Uh, where, where were they? I think they were in Korea. Uh, the whole scene, where, where, were they in Korea or Japan or something? Wherever that scene was, I just remember watching that in the movies. It, it was just like, like you said, geeking out, like, wow, Black Panther is the fucking man. I want to so, say Korea. I want to say Korea for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Korea, but it it was just dope, man. And and I and then not just that, but if you if you if you watch interviews with the guy, he's a smart guy. You know, I didn't even know he was forty three. I, I didn't know either. Yeah, I thought he was younger than me. I'm forty. I thought he was like 35, 36. Same here. I thought he was around my yeah. age. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for him to be forty three and just really blossoming. Is really a tragedy, man. One of really many is. tragedies in 2020, but but the fact that you know he had it since 2016, and he uh, filmed all those movies in between, including what three movies as the Black Panther. That will be what two Avenger movies. No four. He was in right. Civil War. Yep. He was in two Avenger movies, and he was in his own movie to film all of those movies and then do other stuff. While you're going to chemo and, and fighting, you know this disease that you were in stage three of. I mean, that shows you that he was a real life superhero. Most definitely, and not only that, but he also went into cancer centers too for little kids, and he was just a beacon to be strong for others and everything. Just despite the fact that he had cancer and everything, he wanted to be a beacon and be someone of hope and be strong for other people. Right, he didn't tell nobody shit. He, you know, he kept that to himself. He could have easily been the face of of, of colon cancer. He could have easily been the face of cancer, and people would have went along for the ride. But it, but he chose not to. He chose to take a different route. He chose to take the, as he said in his speech, the you know the harder way, and and and, and deal with it internally and deal with it at home, and, and God bless his wife and his family. I know that has couldn't have been easy, especially when you know when that video of him came out and he was all skinny, you know, and and having like not to answer questions because the public was like, "What the hell's going on?" Right. And I and, remember and, when and, people were hating on him, though, man. I remember when yeah. people were saying, "Oh, he's doing meth and everything. He looks like a meth head." I'm like, "You need to just shut the hell up." I say, "You don't even know what someone's going through. You don't know the full story. Why judge something on something that you don't know nothing about yet? I said, right. he could be auditioning for a new movie that you don't know about. He could be losing weight for a role. That's my first dude, initial thought. Dude, that's what I thought. Because, I mean, you see Christian Bell do it. You see Tom Hanks do it. You know, that's what actors do. You know, especially guys like who, are, who really get into that characters. Like, I'm like, okay, so, you know, he's getting ready for a part. Maybe he's playing a junkie or something. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And I love it all. I, you know, I tried to pay that stuff no mind, but, you know, just to randomly find out on a day on Instagram that he passed away, it just broke my heart. It just really broke Same my heart. Same here. Like, I was at my girlfriend's house, and one of my friends just inboxed us to me. He goes, is this true? I'm like, I was like, what? So I went on ahead and I looked. I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't even <laughs> I was like, I didn't know about this. So I went on ahead, went through some other sites. I'm like, yeah, it's legit. Uh, I'm like, I was hoping it wasn't. I was hoping that this was like a TMZ type thing, you know, where it was actually false. (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping to. I I just couldn't believe it. And and the next thing you know, my timeline was flooded. Within, I saw it once on my timeline, right? 
And I did some research real quick, and I reposted it. And I didn't repost it because I wanted, you know, likes or anything like that. Right. I reposted it because I was sad, you know. I couldn't believe it. So I reposted it, and I I say within 30 minutes, he was everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you couldn't, you know, not see his face. And it was just, it was the saddest thing. And, yeah, I mean, even thinking about it now, I get a little choked up because, you know, I didn't know the guy, but you can kind of see, what, like I right. said through interviews, the type of person that he was. And, and right, you know, I can right, I can definitely relate to that though because I don't know if you ever heard of the Death of Superman, What Happened documentary that came out. Yeah, I don't think I saw. I don't think I saw it, but yeah. But John Schnepp, he was actually the guy who directed it. He passed away, and I've watched him on different comic book shows and stuff like that. And then when he died, it, it was I, I got choked up on that level though too, because I didn't, even though I didn't know him, it still felt like a friend that I had lost, you know. Right. So right. I can actually, and I felt that way towards Chadwick though too. I just remember just sitting there like, damn, you know. I was like, I can't believe it. And you're just having tears that's coming down my eyes, you know? Yeah, man. And and I'm still kind of mourning it. I actually posted uh, one of his videos on my Instagram the other day, uh, the day that we launched the book, uh, as kind of motivation. You know, he, he, he was a different type of cat, man. He was a different type of cat. Rest oh, of sure. um, before we end, it, end this and everything, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on as far as your comic book goes and stuff like that? Is there anything else that you might that you would like to actually talk about? Well, just anybody that can, you know, that can hear this, you know, we humbly ask for your support. I'm not trying to change the world with this comic. All I'm trying to do is give you a great reading experience, uh, a little bit of escapism. Times are hard right now. It's a lot of things going on. And this is something that you can kind of sink your teeth into and and enjoy yourself, you know? Enjoy a good story, some cool art. But other than that, that's it, man. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at advancedgenetics uh, advanced underscore genetics underscore underscore. And that's it. All right. So here's a little bit of the announcement that I'm doing for tomorrow night's show. I'm actually going to be interviewing Quentin Bennett again. He wanted to actually touch base on a few things that he might've missed on the first time with the interview that I've done with him. So we're going to be okay. doing that tomorrow night. Uh, if this is actually going to be an audio only podcast rather than a live uh, YouTube event. So you guys are going to get the chance to actually listen to that. Not only that guys, but I actually have this little thing called buymeacopy.com where you guys can actually donate towards the show. You guys don't have to. I understand the coronavirus is actually taking a big chunk out of people's lives right now. And basically what you can do at uh, buymeacoffee.com slash movie lovers unite. You guys can go on hand, don't know, donate me a couple of cups of coffee. It'll donate towards keeping the lights on at movie lovers unite. Not only that, but also get me better sound equipment, better stuff for me to actually work with. Not only that, but also if I want to do giveaways like digital movies and stuff like that, I want to give back something to my community and everything. So if you guys want to do that, go on ahead. You guys don't have to, but I'd be very generous if you guys could. Another thing though, too, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow, follow me on Twitter at John Gregorio 85. 
You can also follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. You can also follow me on Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite Facebook page. And by the way, guys, we just came out with a website called MovieLoversUnite.com. You can check out all your movie news there, or you can go on ahead and wait until some of the movie news actually drops onto the Facebook page at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. And of course, I also drop a lot of TV information, movie news information on the Instagram as well. So you guys can follow me over there. Mm-hmm. And of course, and always until next time, bye bye. All right. Later, man. All right. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.